Welcome to another episode of Small Doses. I've been meeting you guys, running you all, in, running into folks in the streets, and they're just like, we love small doses! And I'm like, oh my God. Like, it just really feels great that uh, the the words and the stuff that we're talking about on this show are permeating y'all in a real way in your lives, inspiring you. And um, it really is just a learning process for me as I sit here and talk to y'all about stuff. It really helps me to, like, you know, get through my own thoughts and ideologies and theories on things to elevate to another place. So basically what I'm saying is we're doing it together. Yeah. So this episode is all about side effects of being an extrovert. Yes. An extrovert is a real thing. We always lately have been talking about introverts, but extroverts are people who feel comfortable in the world. They operate in a certain way that is different from being an introvert, from being reclusive or being awkward, et cetera, et cetera. And extroverts be getting a bad name. They be getting a bad name. Sometimes people are like, oh, you're a show off or exhibitionist or you think you're all that or my favorite. You're just extra. Short for extrovert. Um, And so today I want to talk about extroverts and not just being an extrovert, but dealing with extroverts and recognizing different people who are operating differently than you and knowing how to say, like, is that someone who's just an extrovert or is that someone who is doing something else? All right. So we're about to get into it. It is another episode of Small Doses. Let's do a gem drop. How about it? Yeah. Yeah. Drop it. Gem dropping. Gem dropping. Jam dropping. We're dropping on these hoes. <sighs> so this gem dropping is show off versus self-confident. Yeah. I know you're thinking right now about people in your life who are absolutely show-offs. We've all seen them, okay? Like the person in the club who's just doing the most. And you're just like, wow, like they're really like a lot. And part of that, though, is you being like, I can't do that. Let's be real. Let's be real with ourselves. Part of you is saying that you can't do that. Then there's another part of you that may even go as far as to say they shouldn't do that because you wouldn't do that, which becomes judgmental. And then sometimes there's a part of us that says, wow, I wish I could do that. At the end of the day, though, the question is, why are they doing that. And I think that it's an important distinction because sometimes you don't want to applaud behavior that is not actually like seeking things that are uplifting us. So a show off is somebody who is behaving in a certain way because they want attention. And it's not to say that they want just specific like affection or they want support, but they specifically want praise and to be considered above everybody else. That is typically what a show-off is. A show-off is someone who is like, no, no, no. It's all about me, 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 me. And it's irrelevant what else is going on. You've seen the show-off. Another term for show-off on a basketball court would be a ball hog. Right? Right? Like you never want your wingman to be a show-off. Because nine times out of ten, your wingman is going to be doing all the show-offy stuff, trying to get both of the pieces. Okay? You can't get both of the pieces. We, I thought we decided that I was here trying to get this piece. You was wingman in me. 
so that you could get the other one and distract so that I could focus on this one. And for all the men think listening, if you think that only you all do that, you are <laughs> incorrect. Okay. <laughs> Just wanted to clear that up. Yeah. There's wing women too. Let's get it together. So that is like the bottom line for a show off. Self-confident, however, is somebody who when met with a challenge or met with a dare or met with an interest can rise to that occasion and is willing to do so in a fashion that can seem like it is outwardly showy, but at the end of the day is just in fact being done in front of people. These are important distinctions and I will actually like relate them to myself specifically later on in the show in our segment that one time. But in this particular context, it can be really helpful, especially in like places of work. Cause you know, you'll have people that are in like a group setting, they're in the conference room and you're just like, damn, like why are they always doing the most? Why are they always like having all the answers or why are they always coming in with gifts or why are they always showing out? And it's like, When you look at that, you have to ask yourself, are you identifying somebody who is showing off and who is basically like trying to just shut everybody else in the room down just for their own personal praise? Or are you looking at somebody who is just confident in their work and is simply just rising to the occasion? And the best way to identify that is to look at yourself and question the fact of are you looking at them as an individual or are you looking at them as a reflection against your own behavior? And sometimes when we do that, we assign things to people that's not fair. If you're an introvert and you're watching someone be extroverted, you may be tempted to be like, oh, they're acting in a negative way simply because you wouldn't do that. And I think that it's interesting because in the the reverse, an extrovert might look at an introvert and be like, damn, why are they so shy? Step up. Why aren't you? Why are you being such a wimp? When really all it is is that we're looking at the world from different perspectives and we're handling situations in different ways. A show-off handles a situation with arrogance, with false sense of pride. They're doing things not to only enhance their own presentation, but to diminish the other people in the room. That is, to me, what a show-off is. Someone who has self-confidence isn't doing what they're doing to throw any shade on anyone else. They're simply embracing of the light that they know shines within them. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Come on, y'all. This little light of mine. Clap, Rebecca. We're going to let it shine. Oh, this little light of mine. As usual, you guys have amazing questions. DMT is just fills my cup up with so much joy. (laughs) See what I did there? Um, First one is, how do I reconcile my need for me time while still being an extrovert? A.K.A. Only child problems versus FOMO. Uh, FOMO stands for fear of missing out. This is such a fantastic question because I actually personally relate to this. I think, first of all, we have to acknowledge the fact that when we see these labels like extrovert, introvert, 
You know, they're not all encompassing. And I think that sometimes we kind of like get shoved into these boxes because it makes it easier for other people to deal with us. Like, oh, well, you know her. She's an extrovert. Or, you know him. He's an introvert. And it's like there is more nuance as humans. I mean, we simply have like a lot of levels. Shit, my cat has a lot of levels. Like Lando is not an introvert or an extrovert. It depends on the situation. If there's like a small amount of people and they're clearly working, he's extroverted. He comes in the mix. He hangs out. He joins in. If there's a lot of people and there's loud music, he's introverted. He goes in the room and he's by himself and he'll look at you like, why are you talking to me? I'm sitting in this bag and that's what I'm doing. And I think that's actually like a really good way to look at like us as humans. I am not always an extrovert. I am a cancer and I'm an only child. So I, like you, find myself wanting my me time. You know, there's times where I'm just like, I really just want to be in my house. Like, I just want to be like just in my house, like my whole house. Like, that's where I want to be. Like my whole. And sometimes I'm like, not only do I just want to be in my house, I want to be in my room in my house. Okay. I want to be like in the room, tucked away in the house, in the apartment building, in the city, in the state, in the country, on the planet, in the universe. Like, that's where I want to be. Right. And then, though, there are times where I'm absolutely extroverted. When it's time to be on stage, I can't be an introvert. Like, I have to not only be someone who is, like, theatrical, but I have to be, like, outside of my body in a way that is connecting to, the extra, to like, the extraneous things going around me. That's part of the extroversion of it. It's like you kind of just let go of what's going on in your mind. Comedian Jay Moore talks about this a lot. He talks about the monitor. And he talks about this with comedians, but I think it relates to humans as well. That when comics are on stage, it's almost like we have, like, a monitor, like a speaker in our head that's, like, playing what we're saying back to us. And we're at our best when that monitor is off. And we're not listening to what we're saying back to ourselves. We're just like living in the moment. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't think before you speak by any means. But what I am saying is that that monitor is almost like the doubt meter. That's like questioning everything you say on whether or not you, um, not whether or not you should say it, but whether or not like you deserve to say it or whether or not you deserve what's happening, etc. And so I think that that's the difference a lot of times with extroverts and introverts. It's like, When you're in your most extroverted moment, there's no monitor on. You're just in it. That's why people drink. You know, that's why people smoke. So they can dull the monitor. Now, I feel you about the fear of missing out. I didn't take naps for years just because I thought I was going to miss out on something. When I take this nap, I'm going to wake up and the Decepticons would have taken over and the Autobots couldn't hold them off. And maybe had I not been asleep, I could have plugged something in to help make shit happen, and Optimus Prime come out as the primary victor. But I had to take a damn nap. That's literally how I used to feel. <laughs> like, our engineer, Rebecca's looking at me so crazy. Our producer, Rebecca's looking at me like, is that right? That's a lot of feelings about a nap. Yes, Rebecca. I have all the feelings for everybody because I'm a cancer. So I think the key to this about balancing like how these two things interact with each other is understanding that these two things interact with each other. I think that's the first step. And knowing that you don't have to be one or the other. And understanding that there are different spaces where you exude this in different ways. And just taking care of yourself. Like when I go to events that have a lot of people, I know the introvert in me wants to have a safe 
like space in that space. When I was younger, it's like, cool, we'll be in the pit. We'll all be jumping up, having a blast. Now that I'm older, it's like, I'll buy your tickets. But I need you to have me in VIP. Because I can't. I just can't be up in there with the elbow on my shoulder and just sweat. And it's like when I would ride the train in New York, just like a pelvis against my pelvis. Like, I don't want it. Okay? I don't want it. Someone swings their ponytail and it just... It, it whisks my face like a Swiffer. I don't want it. I don't want it. So I've had to learn, like, take a cab. Take a cab or just really time it out. When you're in New York, don't be on that train during rush hour because the introvert in you cannot take it. That being said, all good. Take care of yourself. Have the FOMO. The reconciliation for your need in having me time while being an extrovert is just reconciling the fact that you ain't one thing, baby. You're a multifaceted being and you're going to have multifaceted feelings. Next question. Next, next question. I have both extrovert and introvert qualities, meaning I'm great in big group settings, but I have my moments where I go MIA from everyone. I've noticed that this is ghosting and it's hurting some friendships I have and also making people feel as if I don't care, but I do. Sometimes I just don't feel like communicating with anyone. How do I still maintain these friendships while also taking time for myself? I know it could be as easy as telling them, but I guess I don't have the language. Well, this is like a real thing because I definitely have people in my life that I've had to distance myself from because they do operate like this. And it's not that I want to judge them, but it's just not conducive to the way that I operate in a friendship. So it's literally just like, hey, I get it. Like, that's how you rock. But it just means that we have to have a certain level of distance because I can't rely on you. So that's what that ends up being for some people who are on the outside of that. You just become someone who is unreliable because a a big part of friendship is having, you know, an equitable exchange. And you want to be able to know that, like, when people reach out to you, that you're going to be there for them and that when you reach out to them, they're going to be there for you. But when you display this type of behavior, it makes people feel like you're not a solid person in that way. And so they're going to interact with you in that way. You have to decide if that's okay with you or not. And I don't think it has to be about getting rid of friendships altogether. But if this is something that really is something that you can't really change, it means tempering those friendships and explaining the the way that you operate to people so that they don't take it personal, but also so that they know that, like, their expectations are managed and what to expect from you and what you're obligated to bring to that. Like, I think a big thing that I'm really coming into as an adult is just realizing that everybody legit is different and has their different ways and means of operating. Also, their different moral standards and principles. And not every time that morals and principles are different, are they wrong? Not every time that ways of behaving are different, are they wrong? Sometimes it's just a different method. So your method of living just isn't conducive with some of the people that you're interacting with at present. Now, you did say that it could be as simple as just giving a heads up, but you didn't have the language. The language is simply this, like, hey, going into my hole, nothing personal, just need my me time. The beauty of language is that, I mean, you can define it in any way, right? So you can determine how you want to bring that across to people. And I think the key to finding that language is looking for language that shows compassion about your not being able to be there for them, but that also is direct and honest about why 
you're not going to be there for them. And I'm not saying this has to be a dissertation or a paragraph. It's literally as basic as like, hey, you know, I appreciate you and, and our friendship, um, but I just need some time to myself off the grid. I apologize if I'm not available to help out with anything. But when I get back on the grid, I'd be more than happy to be there for you. That's a version. You can rephrase that, paraphrase that, you know, throw in some emojis, whatever works. But I think the key is showing people not only accountability for your own behavior, but also acknowledgement of where they fit in the situation. And when we do that, we have a really much better way. We have a better possibility of preserving a relationship rather than just thinking that um, it needs to be all about you or having a fear that you're going to say the wrong thing. And then it's not going to go. Because a lot of times people just don't say anything because they're just afraid to say the wrong thing or because they don't want someone to think the wrong thing. And that is not any better, y'all. That is what ghosting is. Just not saying anything just because you don't want to get the wrong reaction. That's not any better. All that boils down to fear. If you don't get nobody, nowhere. Okay? So the only time I will suggest fear is like, if you are in a horror movie situation and you hear a chainsaw, let that fear take you in the other direction, okay? Far too often, white girls in horror movies, they hear a chainsaw, and it's like, and they're like, what's that? It's like, why do you care? Why, are you, why do you need to figure that out? And it's like, oh, let me go see who that is. And then it'll be like, I'm going to kill you, bitch. And they're like, who's that? And it's like, why? Why? Let the fear take you in another direction. And the other thing about horror movies is that the black person is always the first one killed, but notice it's never because of their curiosity. Okay? It's never a situation where the black person is like, I wonder what's going on over there. I heard some chainsaws and cats crying and babies yelling, so let me go see what's up. No, it's never that. The black person is always just doing some shit, like trying to just go to the bathroom or wanting to refill the popcorn or tie their sneakers and some shit goes down. Never have you seen that situation. If you have, send me a DM because nine times out of 10, we just be being somewhere, being black, and then it's lights out. Or should I say it's a blackout? It was too easy. It was right there. I had to get it. Anywho, I hope that helps you. And I hope that you also just like come to understand that this whole life thing, like we just are on a journey of meeting people and learning how to operate with people. And that doesn't always sustain, you know, some people it's like you have a great operation with them for a month or a year or three years and then life changes. Maybe they get in a relationship or maybe they have a tragedy or maybe they get sick or maybe they get a new job or maybe they move. All of this is moving. And in the words of the late, great Hugh Masekela, rest in peace, people are a sometime thing. I've said it before. I will always say it again. People are a sometime thing. The only constant is change and you got to roll with it. I'm a raging Aries extrovert and I'm usually only attracted to introverted types. I am unable to relate to partners with social anxiety, so I find it hard to handle when a partner needs to drink to be at a party, for example. Is there a way that I can learn to balance my need for action with my partner's need for quiet? Or should I start only dating extroverts and ambiverts? Do you even believe that people can be ambiverts? I know you're going to drag my thesis-length question. Ha ha, love what you do. <laughs> I'm actually not going to drag you for this thesis-length question because... There were levels. I mean, and you had to get the levels out. So, I mean, I'm not going to drag you. Um, 
I don't even know what an ambivert is. I'm assuming an ambivert is what I've been talking about. Somebody who is doing both. I mean, because ambi is the is the um, root of that, and ambi means both. Like ambidextrous means that you can write with both hands. Teaching you, learning new things. So, yeah, I absolutely think everybody is an ambivert for the most part. I mean, I think that there's just scenarios that change different things, as we talked about in the previous question. Now, for your situation... You know, there there is a certain thing that, I mean, we've always heard the term opposites attract. We've always heard that. So it's no surprise that you're attracted to introverts. And I think there may be something that is deeper than just like introverts, but maybe their actual wavelength that they operate on is really, you feel like, compatible to yours. Typically, extroverts operate on a much more like... Like that's the ver- that's like the, the audio sounds to me. It's just much more like it's fast paced. It's like... You're like a Daft Punk record, you know? It's like, but then introverts are more like a James Blake record. Just like a lot of breathy, like sounds. You know, it's like at a spa. Those are introverts. Like what they're playing when you get your bikini wax so that they can calm you down before this Russian woman rips your entire pubic area out of your body. Like that's introvert sound. <laughs> introvert. Cracking myself up because it really is a real thing. You're there and you're like, this is going to happen. And the music is like, it's kind of like Enya. Sail away, sail away, sail away. Like that's an introvert. Extroverts, we are out here and we're just Rihanna on a pole, you know, doing coke. Like, that's extroverts. It's just like, that, 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 you know, and gaga. It's just like, we're out here. So I think that sometimes you want to balance and you're just like, introverts have a different vibration to them. And that brings ease. That can bring calmness to what it is to be an extrovert and just always be like in the mix. And it feels anchored. It feels solid. And I know that's something that I feel like I'm attracted to. I like people who are funny, but I don't people like I don't like people who are just like drawing attention. And I know that may sound odd because you're like Amanda, you are always on Instagram, like you're always talking to people. But notice, I'm nine times out of ten by my fucking self when I do it. <laughs> I'm basically being an extrovert while being an introvert. Levels to this, levels, inception, extra extraception. So with you. I think there's something important in acknowledging that, like, you feel annoyed by the way that these people are operating to try and meet your extroversion. And I wonder what that really is attached to. You know, is it that you just kind of don't understand where they're coming from? Or is it that you just wish they were naturally that way and didn't require another element? Because there is something to take notice of that if someone is willing to like do a little extra to get to where you're at, that's something to take acknowledgement of. But I think in the quest of saying like, I want someone to be able to be who they are, you have to also understand and manage your own expectations of what that means. Like I've dated people who don't like to go out. So guess who's going out with me? Not them. My friends are going out with me. Me and that person, we're going to go do low-key activities. You know, we'll go to the spa and get manis and petties. We'll go and get, we'll go to the beach. You know, we'll go to the movies. Like, that's more of our speed. 
And you're able to then get the elements of your extroversion by another means. Now, if you're somebody who's like, but I want my man to be out with me. I want my man to be in the club with me. You better go get you a club of man. You know, but you have to also know what comes along with that. There's things that come along with some, with being an extrovert. You know, it comes with an extra larger social scene. It comes with usually more people and having to deal with more people. Like if you're dealing with a woman who's an extrovert, guess what? I'll bet you she's had quite a few sexual partners and you're going to run to them motherfuckers on the street. And you're going to have to know that and be okay with that and understand there's going to be side effects to both extroverts and introverts. And for you, the side effect that you're referring to is just what it is. So we can't really get like the whole both sides of everything in somebody. Like you just got to understand that there's going to be the good parts and are the good parts bigger than the side effect that you don't like. Ambiverts, like I said, really do exist. So if you're truly an extrovert, maybe you're right. Maybe getting somebody who is more balanced in the median than more of an extrovert and less of an introvert is the way for you or vice versa. But I don't think by any means that you're in like a scenario that cannot be remedied. I think that for the most part, you know who you are and that can get you anywhere. At least you know who you are because when you know who you are, it's a lot easier to recognize who is right for you than trying to figure them out and figure you out at the same damn time. Last question for DMT and probably my favorite. Maybe my favorite literally since we've been doing small doses. In response to the inquiry of send me your questions for side effects of extroverts, someone sent me this. When do they chill? (laughs) When do they chill, though? When do y'all chill? Extroverts chill. Never, really. I don't think I don't think true extroverts really ever chill. I think social media has actually made that a real thing. If you're a real extrovert, you don't never have to chill. Because even if you're by yourself, you're like, let me do this video right quick. You know, I think there's something to be said for also like the word chill. Like, what does that mean? Like, when do they chill? Like, when are they not trying to show? When are they not trying to, sorry, not show. When are they not trying to engage with other people? When are they not trying to be social, et cetera? Like, is that what you mean? Or is it just like, when do they not insert themselves into a situation? Or when are they just like, let me bite my tongue? For the latter, I can tell you that it's when they reach a certain level of maturity. Because you come to understand that being an extrovert doesn't mean always having to be up in the mix. It doesn't mean always having to have your voice being heard. What it really simply means is just being present and knowing that present can take place in many different formats. I'm an extrovert in a lot of different scenarios where it's not about me physically having to like do all of the moves or sim- or be speaking all the time. It's just like I'm here. By showing up and being in this situation, I'm being an extrovert. I went to trap karaoke recently. And I was going to perform, but even without performing, I was simply just physically there in the midst of a bunch of people. That was some extroverted shit for me. I didn't even have to perform for it to have meant that I was being extroverted. I left my house, y'all, 
You know, I left my house and got in my car and went somewhere and got out my car and went inside and stood in a group of people. That is extroverted, especially for a cancer. What? Cancers be having so much shit in our house because our house is our shell. And we're like, I could be, I could really just not leave here. My mom would try and like ground me and I'd be like, <laughs> are you serious? Because like, that's my goal. Like, I'm just here in this room and I have everything I need in here to do everything I need to do, including make videos of me doing full dance routines. So you see how I'm in an introverted situation getting full extroversion going on. How you think I know all these Janet Jackson moves, y'all? I was in that room. Knocking it out. So when do they chill? I think extroverts just have a different version of chill. I think introverts, you know, for what it's worth, it's like they're always considered chilling in contrast to an extrovert. But extroverts are about being in the world in a very kinetic way. They want to connect with people through energies that exchange. And that's a very different type of connecting than I think an introvert who draws their energy from a different source. Extroverts draw their energy from people, from being in the mix, from being outside, and from taking in their surroundings and giving back to that with energy. So there's no real chill in that except that you do that on different levels. That's all. So when do they chill? Oh, they be chilling. They do be chilling. It's just their chilling is a different kind of chill than maybe your chill. For real. That, that one, one time? time. <laughs> Man, I remember this like it was yesterday. So when I went to SUNY Purchase as an undergrad, it was like my first time leaving Florida in a real way. You know, it was my first time, you know, I'm going to college. It's my first time having titties. Like, it's just a lot. Okay? It was a lot to happen at one time. I'm living in, you know, right outside of New York. I'm at college. I'm away from home. I'm, you know, post-pubescent for the first time because I was a late bloomer. So I show, I didn't even show up with titties. I showed up with, like, little moments. I don't think it's fair to call them titties. They were just like moments. And then they grew into titties. Just a side note, my bully from seventh grade contacted me on Facebook this weekend and was like, Amanda, this is Janar. I know you remember me. No shit, Janar. No shit. Of course I remember you. Of course I remember you saying to me, yeah, Jacina's pretty than prettier than you because she has big titties and you have mosquito bites. You think I would forget that, Janar? You think I would forget when we were in Miss Hartsaw's class? No, it wasn't Miss Hartsaw. Whose class were we in? Miss Westbrook's class? And you took a pair of safety scissors and basically, like, tried to cut my bangs off like a, ha, like a, like a dragon. Like talons. You think I forgot that, Janar? No, I didn't fucking forget that. Shit, gonna send me a DM. I bet you remember me. I bet I do. And all of this was because he would do flips in the yard and I would do flips in the yard. And he was thinking that I was being a show off. And it's like, no, fool. I'm a gymnast. Okay? I'm exercising my right to flip. I pay $200 a month to these people to teach me how to be able to come and do this shit right here on this lawn during recess. You ain't the only one who can flip. And he was just pissed. Pissed. And now here he is DMing me 
on on Facebook with his gold teeth. Ugh. Bullies. Some water just cannot go under a bridge. I will never forget them scissors coming at my forehead, y'all. I'll never forget it. And was he expelled? No. Was he suspended? No. Fucking Jannar. Anywho, but back to my point. I was in college and I was like asked to do a flip. And so I went and did the flip because I can do a flip. And as somebody who has just kind of like always been very uh, self-aware and has a certain level of self-confidence, like I don't see anything wrong with demonstrating a talent when asked to do it. Um, Maya Angelou, and I, I'm paraphrasing here, once said that if you have a gift, then it is your responsibility to share that gift when asked. And I'm not saying that like I'm supposed to tell a joke on call or whatever, but if the setting is asking for it, like I'll stand up and do it. I remember going to the inauguration for Barack Obama and we were on this bus driving back from DC to New York. And the organizer was like, Amanda, would you mind just like getting on the bus mic and kind of like entertaining folks? And it was like, I could have just said like, no, I'm tired. But then the other part of me is like, this is what you do. And what better spirits could you be in than the spirits you're in now in celebration of Barack? And I ended up basically doing like stand-up for an hour on this bus. This is before I was even doing stand-up. And then leading the bus in an amazing, amazing triple round of karaoke featuring the likes of Disney records and TV theme songs. So in there, you know we sang Living Single theme song. We are living, hey. Okay, so we were ooh in a 90s kind of world. And you absolutely know that we gave them a full-on, soulful, from-the-gut rendition of, Look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? Wouldn't you think my collection's complete? And those are one of those moments where you also just know that, like, as a young black girl, we just really, we watch everything. We don't relate to Ariel. You know, we're like, okay, so I'm just I'm just saying, like, you live like you're a princess. You have everything. And you're the baby. And you have, like, ooze it's and what's it's galore. However, it's not enough. You want to come up here. You going to give up your voice? We're like, you going to give up your voice? We just got a voice. You going to give up your voice to go up here to just try and get this dude? It's not even like he's promised to you. Just to, like, have a shot at this Eric guy? And who do you even, what do you even know about Eric? It's just a lot to gamble on. I'm digressing a lot today. I digress. So in college, by the time I got to my sophomore year, there were individuals that had created an opinion of me. And they had decided that I was a show off, that I was extra, and that I was quote unquote doing the most. Of course, those individuals are who SUNY Purchase decided to put me in a suite with. So I show up the first day of sophomore year of college to a suite in the big house dorm at SUNY Purchase, and the door has everybody's name on it that lives in the suite. It's eight girls. Why are there only seven names on the door? Because my name had been stricken from the door and tossed aside callously into a corner of a dusty hallway. And I knew then I was in for a fight. So for the first, like, I would say two or three weeks in the dorm, in the in the suite, 
It was just very uncomfortable. Me and my roommate had never met before, but she was cool and we were getting along. But the other women in the dorm room were just not having it. I'm getting side eyes on the way to the shower. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm I'm getting just kind of like slick comments made when I'm sitting in my room. I'm overhearing conversations. And you're just like, does it have to be like this? Because I never really had any beef with any of them. There was never any type of exchange or any type of negativity. I just knew these hoes ain't fuck with me. Like that's essentially what it was. And I had to figure out, like, how was I going to deal with this? Because the introvert side of me wants to just, like, crawl into a hole and be like, I'll just not deal with anybody, and that'll be that. But the extrovert side of me was like, your living situation is uncomfortable. And by you becoming an introvert in this scenario, it's more about you being an avoider, not about you being an introvert. So, like, properly label what's happening here. And I think sometimes like we as people, we get pushed into an introvert scenario because people are not being kind to us or because people are letting us down. And so we become isolated and then we consider ourselves, oh, we're introverts. It's like, no, you're just spurned. You're burned and you're scorned. And now you're not even operating how you naturally operate and it's not comfortable to you. And so you have to figure out how are you going to get a better group of people around you that lets you be your full self in a way that doesn't put you in jeopardy of constantly feeling like you got to look over your shoulder, which then makes you feel like, well, I don't want to do that. So I'll just not look for anybody. So when I was in this dorm room, I decided, okay, you know what, Amanda, you got to figure out a way to like use some of your strengths as an extrovert to deal with this. And so one night I basically said to them, listen, tomorrow night I'm going to get a bottle of tequila and let's all sit down and pass around the shot glass and tell y'all, tell me why you don't like me. Now, I'm an incredibly strong person, um, but I'm also an incredibly sensitive person. So that is quite a doozy of a combo. Um, But nonetheless, it was literally like the only way that I felt I would get to the bottom of this was to get to their truths. And once I knew what their truths were, I I could decide if I wanted to deal with them individually, you know, or if it's just like, oh, this is a lost cause. Let me go on my way. And I think that's part of deciding, like, are you avoiding something or are you being an introvert or something or are you being isolated? You got to acknowledge the cause. So we sat down and we had this shot glass, me, Emily, Jennifer, Flossie, uh, Erica. Uh, what was the other chick's name in there? Saviera ugh, and myself. Savi for short. So we all sat down in this dorm room and we started passing this tequila glass around. And Jennifer, who is like the leader of the pack, she took the first shot and she was like, I don't like you because I just feel like you're extra. Like you're always doing a lot. Like you're just always like talking the loudest or like doing the most. And it's like sometimes it's just like, yo, like chill, like chill. And I was like, but I am just like behaving in a fashion that's like, that's who I am. I'm a gregarious person. I have a big personality. And she was like, yeah, but like, why does I have to be like big, like all the time? And I was like, because I'm being myself. And it's not that it's big all the time. It's just that the times that you see me, I'm behaving in a way that's bigger than necessarily like how you put yourself out there. Now, just a side note, by the way, y'all, what she was really pissed about was the fact that she liked somebody and that person liked me. And by me, being the big personality I was, that was what was attracting him to me. And she felt a way about it. In hindsight, that's what really happened. Because we ended up becoming friends, and two years later, she really kept it 100. We're not friends anymore. But not because we have beef, just because sometimes people lose weight and then they don't want to talk to you no more. So, 
<laughs> that's a real thing that happens. So it's a real thing. People have big changes in their life and they're like, not only did I lose this weight, I'm going to lose y'all as well. I'm going to shed all this. I'm going to shed the weight physically. I'm going to shed the weight figuratively. Start fresh. All right. Peace be with you. Namaste. Agoashe. Wakanda. So next, Sabi takes a sip. Yeah, I'm like with Jennifer. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just feel like you're a lot. Like, you're just doing like a lot, you know? Like a lot. And I was like, Sabi, I've literally never had a conversation with you. Like, ever. But I know, but like what Jennifer said, and then come to find out, like, that's what Sabi does. She basically mirrors whoever she's closest with. So because Jennifer was her roommate and Jennifer wasn't fucking with me, she was like, I ain't fucking with you either. Next time, next person takes a shot, Erica. Erica takes a shot. And she's like, um, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like whenever I see you, it's just like, you know, like you're doing a lot and I just kind of don't know like where it's coming from. So it's not like I have an issue with you. I just kind of like don't know you well enough yet. And I was like, all right, that's fair. Emily takes a shot. Emily's like, yeah, I don't like not like you. It's just that they weren't talking to you. So I was just like, all right, well, whatever. Like I'm here with them and I came with them to this suite because I know them. So I was just kind of rolling. But like, yeah, I don't have any beef. Adrian takes a shot. She's like, I just met you and I don't know them either. So I'm just here for the tequila. Flossie is like, oh, I wasn't staying for the shots. I don't even know like any of you guys. Mm, I'm going to go smoke in my room. Flossie. And that was that. So it turns out that the only person who really didn't like me in this room was Jennifer for an ulterior reason that really was just trickling down to the other folks in her friend circle because she was the alpha. If I hadn't gotten to the bottom of that, though, I would have just been walking around thinking these seven broads in this room hate me. And when it boils down to it, they didn't like that I was an extrovert, but their reason for not liking that I was an extrovert was because it made them uncomfortable in whatever space they were in. And also because they were misnomering my, sh- my self-confidence with showing off. And what they didn't understand was that I was by no means ever trying to like outdo them. Because that's what a show-off does, right? It's trying to outdo. I was never trying to outdo anybody. Really, it was me more so trying to build up more confidence by being willing to like demonstrate myself in a way that's like, look, I can do stuff. And like, look, I have value and look, I have purpose. And when we do that, sometimes people are like, oh, you're being insecure. And it's like, no, it's not necessarily that I'm being insecure. I'm just like trying to strengthen like what I'm here for and like what you know of me. So when it all boiled down to it, I was the extrovert in the crew. And that ended up becoming, like, a key element to, like, our whole friendship. And then I became the DJ. And now I'm the one hosting and going to parties and everything. And lo and behold, extrovert Amanda became an asset to the squad. Moral of the story, be your fucking self. That's the moral of this story. Be yourself. Which can be really hard when people are telling you... That self that you have, we don't like it. And it's so crazy because I find that I've, I had, I ran into my boy yesterday and I haven't seen him in a long time. And like, he just felt compelled to tell me, he was like, you know what? I know that like, you have people that'll tell you like, you talking too much or you're saying too much or, you know, why do you have to have like confrontation or whatever? And he was like, I just want you to know, like the person that you are in the world is needed. 
And he was like, I have female family members who are hearing things that you say for the first time. And that if you didn't say them, they would never have heard them before. And the fact that they are hearing them, they have expressed to me, is changing them. So he was like, know that you have influence, know that you have a voice, and know that what you're saying is necessary. And for me, that means a lot because I've just told you all three different instances where someone was trying to shit on my extroversion as a problem. So it's not to say that being an extrovert is not annoying to some people. Of course it's annoying to some people. It's annoying to yourself sometimes. You're like, God damn, why was I going to be so extra? But the best thing you can do is be you. And you're not going to always be around people that accept that, but you got to know that too. And when you're an extrovert, you basically are just in the world and you understand that you are of the world in a different way than other people. People I like. Yeah. So there, of course, was a recent high school shooting at uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, that took the lives of 17 people, majority of them students. And it's really uh, lit a fire under an ongoing issue of gun control in this country. And today's People I Like is dedicated to the young people who are the victims of this shooting, finding their voice in the midst of the mayhem to speak up publicly and passionately about why gun control is putting their lives in danger and why it put their classmates who lost their lives and teachers who lost their lives in danger, the lack of gun control. I think that it takes a certain level of extrovert to be able to get up and deliver these messages, especially in such tumultuous times. And it's one of those times where we see extroversion being used in a very positive and powerful way. And I think sometimes when people think of extroverts, they just think of somebody who's like willing to break dance in the middle of the club or who's willing to learn all the choreography from the dance and she's all that and do it at homecoming when a certain song comes on. Because yes, I did do that. But it can also be used, shout out to Lainey Boggs, it can also be used for being somebody who can be an agent for change. I know like that's what I have found in my purpose. And to see these young people do it so early and to have parents and administrators and fellow young people support them in doing that is incredible because being an extrovert oftentimes also means you're going to be the one who has to stand up for everybody else. And you're going to be the one who actually is going to have to say and speak up with your voice and sometimes physically and and challenge what's going on because you have that extra battery in your back that gives you the audacity to say, "Uh, uh, 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 uh-uh-uh-uh-uh, you need to hear me. And so sometimes there are people who will think that that is extra. But, But you know what? If anyone thinks that these young people are being extra, then that means that they are simply just not enough. Because this issue is so real. It is so impactful. And it is incredibly insidious. Anybody who thinks that gun control in this country is simply a matter of, well, you can't control people. You can only control guns. Really needs to understand that we as a country have more shootings than anywhere in the world. And we also simultaneously have the most lenient gun laws than anywhere in the world. Do you think that that's a two plus two equals elephant kind of equation? Because it's not. By the way, 
we also have limited healthcare opportunities and limited education opportunities. So we are a nation that has very limited healthcare options, very limited access to information. However, we have the easiest access to violent weaponry. So we got sick, dumb motherfuckers shooting guns. And thank goodness that we are now seeing people like these young people out there in Parkland, Florida, summing up the courage through their pain to be voices and agents for change and using being an extrovert as a way for for converting this country's issues into actual change. We just said change 9,000 times because I feel like if we say it enough, perhaps it'll actually happen. The last dose. If maybe you're not the extrovert that is going to stand up and speak about school shootings and, and about gun violence, you can still be a part of showing up and saying that change needs to happen by being a part of the National School Walkout March 14th, 2008. You can find out more information online, but the National School Walkout will be held March 14th and the March for Our Lives on March 24th. Major organizers from the Women's Group, a group that gained prominence last year for its anti-Trump and pro-female empowerment protests, have called for the 17-minute school walkout on March 14th at 10 a.m., one minute for each life lost. So even if you're not in a school, I feel like you can still walk out of wherever you are and be a part of taking a stand. And this is via Blavity.com. 